Welcome to Plugged Into Christ. This is your announcer, Zayvon Grady. Today we explore more of our new podcast series titled Romans Explanation of God's Righteousness with pastor and teacher William Polis. In part 5, Pastor Polis will begin in Romans chapter 11 and 12. We pray that you will gain wisdom and knowledge from this brand new podcast series. Now here's Pastor William Polis with part 6 of Romans Explanation of God's Righteousness. Well, thank you for coming on board and listening to Plugged Into Christ. In this series, we're only going to have um, uh, chapters 11 and 12, 13 and 14, and 15 and 16 uh, remaining. So we've got probably another uh, two parts to do, and then we'll be moving on from Romans into 1 Corinthians. Today we're going to cover chapters 11 and 12, and we're going to talk about the last part of Paul's address to the the state of Israel, the, the Jewish people. Romans chapter 11, Israel's rejection is not total. Romans 11, verses 1 through 10. We notice in, Paul, in uh, what Paul does in, in chapters 9 and 10, he speaks to Israel in several contexts. He speaks of Israel's rejection of Christ and God's purpose, Israel's rejection and God's justice, the present condition of Israel, all chapter 9, in chapter 10, Paul explains that Israel needs the gospel but rejects it. Now here in chapter 11, Paul explains Israel's rejection is not total. In the three chapters, Paul is speaking directly and strictly to Israel. In verse 1 of, of chapter 11, Paul exhorts that God has not abandoned Israel. God has always preserved a remnant that will never be abandoned. Verse 2 tells us that God has not cast away his people, for he foreknew. Elijah from the Old Testament, he pleaded with God against Israel, saying in verse 3, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. 1 Kings 19, verses 10 and 14. In verse 4, Paul, Elijah, and the 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to the altar of Baal, 1 Kings 19:10. Verses 14 and 18, which Paul explains is the remnant within Israel, and that remnant is chosen by grace and not by merit. Verses 5 and 6 of Romans 11. Paul says in verse 7 that Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. In verse 8, Paul relates from Isaiah 29, verses 9 and 13, which says, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that should never see, and ears that should not hear to this very day. What Paul is saying in verse 8 is that God is not surprised by Israel's blindness or resistance. When it says God gave them a spirit of stupor, this means that the Israelites uh, had insensitivity to the revelation. It is God's judgment upon their refusal to heed the gospel. Paul tells us in verse 9 and 10 that David wrote in Psalm 69 verses 22 and 23, that the darkening spiritual eyes have, has overtaken them all, except for the faithful remnant. He's speaking about the faithful remnant of Israel. Israel's rejection is not final. Romans 11, verses 11 through 36. We see this pattern of, in the book of Acts. The gospel goes first to the Jews, and when they reject it, it goes to the Gentiles. This causes the Israelites to become envious of God's blessing upon the Gentiles. Romans 10, 11. Therefore, Paul makes much of his ministry to the Gentiles, for this means uh, is a means of arousing Israel to envy, bringing them, it'll bring them to their senses. 
Romans 11, 13, and 14. In the economy of God, with Israel stumbling, this means to bring the gospel to the Gentiles is available to those who are, uh, that are Gentiles to Christ. In verse 16, Paul uses two metaphors, dough and baking and the root and branch of a tree. The principle is that one part is holy, then the whole of the bake run and, or, and the, or the tree is holy. Therefore, if for the first fruit of the root is the Lord's, the rest of it is his. So patriarchs are his, as well as Jews and Gentiles, who are his elect, are his. And if Paul and his fellow Jewish believers are the Lord's, then who will follow them in faith in Christ as Lord's as well? The gospel always quells human pride and arrogance. God is attracted to our weakness, but repelled by our pride. Gentiles should not be proud, for just as God did not spare Israel because of her unbelief, he will not spare unbelief in those branches which are grafted in, meaning the Gentiles. Romans 11, verses 17 through 21. God is both kind and stern. If he's able to graft a wild branch like the Gentiles into the tree, then he is more than able to regraft the natural branches, meaning Israel, when they believe in Christ. Romans 11, verses 22 through 24. The mystery referred to in Ephesians, which is chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, is now revealed. God is at work through the hardening and softening of hearts to bring the full number of Gentiles into his kingdom so that all of Israel, that is, the elect of the Jews and Gentiles, will be saved. Romans 11.26 Therefore, the hardening of the ethnic Israel is only is both temporary and yet purposeful. This also means that, it, as Romans 11.5 states about the end times, that we might well see a widespread turning of Jews to Jesus Christ as Lord. God's purpose is to be merciful to both the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Romans 11.30-32 in verses 33-36, here we have Paul's final doxology that closes Romans chapters 1-11. through 11. God's wisdom and knowledge are beyond ours and is not a result of our advice. There's nothing we can do. What God knows is far beyond what we know. God is in no way indebted to us. He is the originator of all things from Him, director of all things through Him, and the object of all things to Him. Romans chapter 12. Living Sacrifices to God, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, if you read the opening chapters of Romans 5, chapter 8, and, and now in 12, you will see that Paul used the word therefore to signal pause in his argument and apply his teaching to the lives of his readers. There is no difference here. In chapters 9 through 11, Paul focuses on the Jewish nation, but now he changes gears. And he addresses the Roman Christians in teaching them the necessary lessons of Christian life. It is Paul teaching the biblical pattern in relation to doctrine and duty. But what you must determine how you would behave. In these four closing chapters from Romans 12 through 16, Paul discusses our relationship with the Lord. In verses 1 and 2 of Romans chapter 12, Paul speaks on how the Spirit of God transforms your life by renewing your mind. You can also find that reference in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But he cannot do this unless you give him your body. When you give yourself to spiritual worship, you become a living sacrifice to the glory of God. Mercy is always a precondition. It is never a human achievement. Mercy is the environment from which Paul urges springing. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Serve God with spiritual gifts. Romans 12 verses 3 through 8. 
in verse 3, to think more highly of yourself or think less highly of yourself is a sin. So have the proper estimate of who you are and what God has given to you. Galatians 6, verses 3 through 5. Paul urges us in verse 3 that the believer is to think soberly. Now, hymn writer Isaac Watts put it this way, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Missionary C.T. Studd frames Christ's sacrifice in this way, If Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice could be too great for me to make for him. In verses 4 and 5 of Romans 12, Paul says that the believer must think humbly of himself, for he or she are, are part of the body. Hence, he or she is not independent, rather, they are interdependent. In verse 6, Paul says that such gifting from God is, is contrary to our deserving. We don't deserve it. But in verses 6 through 8, Paul lists the various gifts. And it is important to note that God's gifting, is, those things are not identical. And you can compare this to Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There is a great diversity in God's gifting. It is never static. And God may well gift the same person differently in various spheres of ministry. In fact, in verse 6 through 8, Paul uses principles in describing the gifts to show that they are not to lay dormant, but are evidence as they are used. Paul lists seven gifts here in verse 6 through 8. He tells us that those blessed with the gift of giving to be generous and rightly motivated, not for self-gratification. Those blessed with leadership qualities to lead diligently, not to slacken, and those who had the gift of mercy to do it cheerfully and not in a grudging way. Romans 12, verse 8. Behave like a Christian. Romans 12, verses 9 through 21. In verse 9, listen to what Paul says. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. This is very straightforward from Paul. Love should be for everyone and not love to love one person and not another. And it should be same love equally to all people. It should not have any pretense about it. We should abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. For when we do this, the Holy Spirit works through us and God blesses us. In verse 10, the love should be brotherly love, not some soppy sentimentality which is undiscerning of it, of it in its affirmations, but clinging to and affirming good and disapproving evil and respect for one another are those to be ongoing values of us all. Paul closes this section with the three exhortations. Firstly, all this activity is to be driven spiritually. Romans 12, verse 11. Secondly, it must never be lacking in zeal, but keep the fires of the Spirit burning. Those previous two must be energized in the third exhortation, waiting like, like slaves upon the Lord. Paul writes in verses 13 and 14 that we must be driven to the needs of the saint in hospitality and that we should always bless and never curse those who persecute us. In all of this, we are to be a living sacrifice just as Christ sacrificed for us. To be in Christ is to be Christ-like in every way. Verse 15, we are to rejoice with the persecutor when he rejoices and weep with the persecutor when he weeps. Be of the same mind towards one another. Now notice that verse 15 is very much like the teaching of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. We know that antagonism will come to us sooner or later because of our flesh being hostile to God. Romans 8, 7. Don't be high-minded. Rather be of the same mind towards one another. Be humble and fellowship with those who are humble. 
Be not wise in your own opinion. Paul is giving us guidance to avoid obstacles within the church. This is who he's speaking to, the Roman Christians. But that message is also should be is emanating to the church. Romans 12, 16. In verses 17 through 21, Paul continues to make clear that a Christian's response to antagonism is that of non-retaliation. The believer should always seek to do what is good and right. Romans 12, verses 17 and 21. A Christian person could be a judge, a police officer, or another person in an official capacity who has to bear the sword of justice. Yet on a personal level, he or she is committed to non-retribution, thereby leaving room for God's wrath. And just remember that vengeance is God's work. It's not ours. And he doesn't need our, our help. In 2 Thessalonians 1.6, Paul makes God's justice clear. God will pay back tribulation to those who trouble you. In verse 20, Paul says that we should feed our enemies if he is hungry. And if our enemy is thirsty, give him drink. And in doing so, our response is humbleness, brotherly love, and that obedience to God that will bring our enemies to recognize his shameful behavior and repent. Paul's final words in verse 21 are that we are not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Well, that's all we have for today's podcast. I hope that you will join us next time as we cover Romans chapters 13 to 14 in this podcast series titled Romans. The Explanation of God's Righteousness. Our earnest prayer here at Plugged into Christ is that all of our podcasts will help you understand the Bible better. We hope that it strengthens your faith and encourage you to spend time reading and studying the Word. I want to encourage you here at Plugged into Christ to spend time in the Word, spend time praying, and most of all, be a part of your local church services each and every Sunday. Just a reminder, Plugged into Christ podcasts are published through Buzzsprout.com. You can download this podcast or any of the other previous podcasts on your Android phone or your Apple iPhone on Spotify, Pandora, or iTunes, or even one of the 8 or 10 other available podcast sites we subscribe to. You can also set up a free account at Buzzsprout.com and listen to the podcast there. You can now also drop me an email, Pastor Bill and drop it in this box of polis, P-O-U-L-O-S-W-T, at yahoo.com. Like to hear your feedback, like to have any questions you might have one answered, I'd be glad to communicate with you in every way. If you live in Lorraine County area, we'd love to have you come and join us at Lorraineville Gospel Church. We are located at 1900 West 19th Street in Lorraine, Ohio. Our church services in the month, beginning month of August are 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. in the evening. Until the next podcast, may the Lord richly bless and keep you. This has been a presentation of Plugged Into Christ with your host, pastor, and teacher, William Polis. You won't want to miss our next podcast where we cover part 7 of Romans' Explanation of God's Righteousness, chapters 13 and 14. Plugged Into Christ is a podcast sponsored through Lorraine Full Gospel Church. This is your announcer, Zayvon Greeny, wishing you a blessed day.